Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a footy boy, and a man who is fully vaccinated, Dan Masters. Who my good friend, a man who likes to read the rule book, and a man who actually put out some decent music on his Instagram for once. Well, every human, Will, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right, I'm doing all right. What, um, what decent music do I put on my Instagram? I can't even remember uh, You put what. some MF, MF Doom out. Oh, oh of, of course, yeah, obligatory, yeah. whenever you see... Always uh, good, mate, always good. Whenever you see the villain, I'm fucking fucking RIP. I still can't believe that. Of all the <sighs> of all the deaths we've had this year, like well, last year technically, but you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, fucking hell, fucking MF Doom. But the big news of the day is I am now able to go out and lick people, and it'd be fine. And I'm going to be going on holiday um, straight after this show. So don't... I'll see you all in two weeks because I'm fully vaccinated. Is is that true? You actually you actually going on holiday? No. <laughs> but I can if I want it. <laughs> can, can can you actually like I, this? This is the thing I don't know the I don't know the rules anymore. To be honest, me neither. I'm doing it for comedy <laughs> purposes. But oh, oh, I do I have it. my little I do have my little card that says I've had my double vaccinations. So I would assume if I wanted to, I could rock up to the airport and show my little card that says I've had both my vaccinations, and off you, I could off I could trot. Your wee vaccine passport, as they call it. Yeah. My little vaccine passport. Fucking hell, mate! What? What a what a world! What a time to be alive! What a time to be alive! It's. I'm not going to say I feel too much different, but I did manage to fly home under my own steam. So that was quite cool, I guess. That is, that is impressive. That's very, whereas previously, <laughs> you'd have had to employ some sort of hang glider or um, like a micro light kind of system. Yeah, I had to just jump off something really high with a wingsuit on and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's very impressive how um congratulations on your vaccine by the way thank you thank you yes. how how are you feeling i feel fine i felt fine last time i i don't know if it's because i'm a sort of a generally healthy person i really don't eat much shit don't drink don't smoke don't take drugs obviously i sort of eat a lot of fruits and veg and all that kind of stuff so i don't know if that actually does have anything to do with it or if it's just a person by person case where Maybe some people just have issues with it and some don't. You know those people who are kind of, you'll see them on local news. This is Doris. She's 107. And they'll say, Doris, what's your secret? And Doris will go, well, I drink whiskey every day and I smoke 26. And you think, oh, okay. <laughs> That's not, I guess some people just don't get affected. Yeah, not, not what we're looking for there, Doris. We're hoping uh, yeah. something, something <laughs> a bit more Jamie Oliver. But fair play to you, Doz. Yeah. No, I felt yeah, I feel completely fine. I, I am aware as well that I'm talking about being fully vaccinated and Canada is still basically completely locked down in some places, which is kind of crazy that they're kind of nowhere near on the way out of it. And I just saw as well that Brazil is just out of control at the moment, just people dying oh, all over the place. That's... It's fucking nuts. You hate to think about it. And it's it's mad to, to think that, yeah, like, obviously you work for the NHS, so you are higher on the pecking order than the average, you know, Late 30s person. Um, but Thank yeah, to, to, <laughs> to, think, uh, to think that you're vaccinated and yet, like you say, in Canada, they're, a, they're, they're not only locked down, they're struggling to get the vaccine out. There are like old people and people who are properly at risk who aren't getting getting vaccinated yet, which is fucking mad. Yeah, and, I, and I've mentioned, I think I mentioned it here, I can't remember, but I, my wife always found it hilarious was that I am not. A, I'm not a doctor or a nurse, but I've been vaccinated fully before anybody else we know. But I made the point that I go into hospitals all the time for the I, not because I'm treating people, but I'm always walking around 
I walk around two different hospitals a lot and go to a special needs school. So I, I have to be vaccinated. It's it's for other people's safety. It's not for my safety. It's so that other people don't, more vulnerable people don't catch it off me. So that's why it's, yeah, that's why it's happened. Not because I'm oh. fucking some big shot, because I'm not. Are there not better places to get your lunch on a work day than the M&S just inside the hospital, though? Nah, that, mate, you can't you can't beat a cheeky little sandwich, can you, from a uh, an own kind of brand hospital canteen? <laughs> <laughs> I just think it, you, know, you wouldn't have needed your vaccines if you weren't going in there every day for lunch. But tweet oh, your own, point. I suppose. Tweet your own, I suppose. I mean, I, that was what that was where I took Sarah on our first date. I took her to the uh, the local hospital canteen for a uh, a, che- a cheeky bread roll <laughs> and a cup of coffee. <laughs> just the bread roll, not no filling. Yeah. Yeah, no filling. I'm not made of money, Will. Jesus. No and and you know, you don't want to invest that early on in, in a potential relationship, do you? You know, it's that's That's it's the not... thing. you know, it's it's the whole okay, we've been together for two weeks, but now it's Christmas. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm not gonna buy it. I'm not gonna go crazy. I've known you for two weeks. You might dump me three days after. What am I supposed to do? You'll get you'll get a card and a little something, but I'm not going nuts. My uh my I I met my wife on New Year's Eve formally um and then, and then like we formally started dating early february which was a terrible terrible timing for both of those as oh, my yeah. wife's yeah my wife's birthday is early february and it's valentine's early february so uh oh christ if that works out which is why we're here now to be honest because once you you know <laughs> once you're th- three digits down after a birthday and a, and a, a little valentine's yeah a, an extra special working hard valentine's to impress somebody uh, you see, well, fucking in for a penny, in for a pound, aren't you? So it's like... That's a fair point. Just quickly then, so I've got to ask this question. When you two met, were you both hammered? Uh, no, we were We were both uh, in a very modern romance, Dan. I was in my parents' living room celebrating uh, New Year's. Uh, she was in her parents' living room celebrating New Year's, and we were texting while watching Brian Adams perform at the uh, 2000 and ringing in 2016. <laughs> Christ, how very modern of you! Yeah, you were ahead modern. of the curve there, mate. Head of the curve Ch- there, Ch- weren't Ch- you? Mate. Yeah, we 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 were locked down when we started this thing. I did like again, just quickly here. I did like the story that your good wife told at your wedding, which was that she went to university to get an education and came back with a baby and a future husband, <laughs> <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. That was so funny. Un- unlucky love. That's all I've got to say. Should have. Uh, oh god. Should have stuck to her studies, Dan. Should have stuck to her studies. If she had her nose in in more textbooks, maybe she wouldn't have had uh, two dependents going back to Norfolk you with her. Mate, you know what it was. Once she dipped her toe in Everett Lake, she couldn't help but just jump in, could she? That was the problem. That's the thing. She she came to came to Kent for uni. And was like, you know what? I need to take a piece of this home with me to remember my my exactly. time in Kent. And uh, she got the best bit. Yeah, what's better than enjoying your university by remembering and creating a fully fledged human being? Fucking, so. fucking exactly, mate. Exactly. That's that's a that's a you know some people just keep like the um, keep their freshers hoodie or whatever it might be. You know, maybe yeah. maybe the mortarboard. Nah, she's got a a create created a, a long lasting testament to uh, Canterbury Christchurch University. <laughs> All right, so I mentioned the uh, vaccination for two reasons. One, because it's kind of funny. But the second one is is that the NHL's been hit with probably its hardest case of coronavirus stroke COVID this week as the Vancouver Canucks appear fucking done. I mean, God, there's lots to there's lots of di- a lot to dissect here. But straight out of the gate, it sounds fucking horrendous. 
what what some of those players are going through. And it sounds as though they're saying that it's it's the Brazilian variant that's kind of somehow found its way to Vancouver and to these players. And reports of them, some of them having to get sort of um, intravenous fluids and vomiting, dehydration, all that kind of thing. And staff members as well, sort of you know rampant lethargy and God, just a whole host of other things. It sounds uh, it sounds pretty evil. Yeah, it sounds like. You can't, you can't, you don't have a fucking power rankings of COVID outbreaks within sport or whatever. But this sounds like the, like you say, the worst one that fucking um, the NHL has seen at the very least. I mean, massive, massive list on of players and staff on the COVID protocol list. And like you say, from the sounds of it, it's a, it's a fucking awful, uh, a torrid time they're having of it compared to to other teams who have had similar sized outbreaks. You know, this is proper. It's not just everyone getting to quarantine and we'll, we'll work it out. This is proper and uh, people are fucking having a rough old time of it. Still nobody admitted to hospital though, which is obviously a good thing. You know, we've got to, got to try and find the silver linings in there. Um, yes, it's it's a hard one though, isn't it? Like how, what, what more can you say about it apart from talking about the potential aspect it has on, potential impact, sorry, it has on on the schedule and, and other teams around the league. It's... Like is that I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with Vancouver being shut down because at what point do you kind of view it as like as like safety for other teams really especially where it's a foreign variant coming over here spreading their COVID um, <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> it's <laughs> it's um yeah like they took oh, derbs okay and and like yeah the Brazilian one is 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 notoriously a, a, a uh, fast spreader or what? You know, it's, it's easy to tra- transmit. So, like, who knows what are we going to bring about the Canucks to try and squeeze in, or even just for like a f- to get to squeeze a few more games out of them, and run the risk of yeah, like infecting other people, yeah, you know, excluding the risk it has on you know, ooh, a playoff team or something like that. You know, like this it's people's lives that you're putting at risk just for the sake of the Canucks to try and get a few more games under the belt because at the moment I mean fuck it still doesn't look like like Friedman's saying that there's talk they won't be back until the weekend of like next weekend like the 17th and 18th which is well that's the thing isn't it because in ages you can't even have them in the same building at the moment let alone practice you, you can't just this you I can't even imagine them being anywhere together forget playing a game for the next two weeks at least because it's like we said you, you're not just putting well as we mentioned every single time it's not just the players people have family members people have children there's is it Brandon Sutter's wife's pregnant or somebody's wife's pregnant as well I mean there's there's no way you could say to a player oh you know can you do you fancy popping in for practice today you know the day after apparently we're all clear I'd be thinking yeah I really don't want you mate to be honest I really don't yeah, want about- you and I wonder how many of those players might opt out as well the rest of the season. Well, you you wonder, don't you? And and it and it kind of poses the point of if you've missed this much time and potentially a large contingent of your squad is coming back from illness, like serious illness, what well, you're just going to come back to to lose a bunch of games because fucking hell, like if you're if you're not more likely to lose games after not practicing or playing any hockey for two weeks and coming off of a bad case of COVID. I don't know when you're more likely to to lose games. So, like, yeah. Like you say, you're going to come back to risk your own life, your own health and other people's health just to get spanked by Edmonton a few times, get rinsed by Toronto, maybe squeeze out an overtime win over Ottawa. Like, 
yeah, man, I don't, I don't fucking, they'll, they'll basically, yeah, they'll have missed, how much will they have missed? Three weeks worth of hockey. Three fucking weeks of hockey, which at the which moment. in a condensed season is a yeah, lot. Because it's 11, normally it's fine, but no, this is condensed. So yeah, you're looking at around 10, 12 games, maybe? It's a, it's 11 from my quick seeing eye maths. Uh, no, nine, only, only nine games, which is light. That is light as sin. Like they've they've chosen the right time to fucking go down with it, but, but yeah, I I don't I don't see the point of it. But equally, I would understand if the NHL do it because that's their prerogative, isn't it? You know, they need to get more games out of it. As it's basically the same situation we were looking at last year with the COVID break. So yeah, we shouldn't come back and do these regular season games, but they probably will because of the the obligations they have to TV um, TV partners. Yada yada yada, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But that, I was going to mention about the TV because obviously there are obligations here in regards to television contracts, uh, radio contracts, streaming, fucking NHL.tv or whatever kind of you know all that kind of shit. They'd have to call up. It just have to be basically the Canucks taxi stroke AHL team that plays. Just to, if they if they're going to be finishing, if if the league are going to want them to finish out as many games as they can. Because there's no way they're going to squeeze those games in. I know they've got the week after, but that'd be just a ridiculous schedule. And for what? We talked about the standings last week. The North Division is done. That's it. If you're a Canucks player, why the hell would you come back after the trade deadline as well? Which is something I'll get to in a sec. You're not exactly going to play yourself onto a new team. So why would you come back? You know, I'm just going to opt out. The league's done. The season's done. We're not like battling for a playoff position or anything. We're finished for this season. So I'm going to finish for this season. So if there's TV contracts to fill, it's going to have to be, I don't know, fucking taxi squad guys or AHL guys or something, right? The thing that I keep coming back to on on that of like players want to, you know, players desire to come back, is something I think Jeff Marrick was um, was pointing out previously about uh, contributions towards retirement. And pension funds and stuff because you have to hit certain milestones within the NHL to get a certain level of pension. So for maybe for certain players who who aren't guaranteed to hit those milestones, you know your fringe player they they might it can make a big difference to them. You know not playing another ten games a season or six games if you're in rotation or whatever it might be that because that can have real real impact financially beyond this season not just on your health and stuff like that so it's it's a really tricky situation you would kind of hope that not from like a stats and record books kind of way but from like a financial payroll kind of way the nhl would almost chalk up right we'll give you a almost like a games played percentage on those missed games if they do end up missing games oh and yeah I, and uh, yeah, I like hope so. yeah, you would you, will, you would hope so. You would hope, like, so you know, Elias Pettersson would get every single game that had been missed because he would likely play every game that had been missed. But maybe someone further down the lineup, I'm not fucking familiar enough with the Canucks depth chart this year. Let's see if I can pick. Oh come on, there's a classic now. Canucks we always talk about. Who's the classic? Oh, all right, Louis Erickson. Say Louis Erickson. <laughs> Oh shit! I was going to say Jay Beagle, but okay. <laughs> no, but well, Jay, Be- Jay Beagle would get the full would get the full whack because he's fucking oh, line, up, line up every yeah. night. That's, course, what yeah. that's what I'm saying. I don't know, Jay Tower. Fair point. Fair who, point. Fucking whoever. Yeah, is okay. You're going to get. We'll put. We'll 
put a phantom six games on your games played towards your towards your pension fund. But like you say, that's not going to fucking happen. So I think I think you'd be watching this space because realistically, until until the any of the Canucks are cleared to get back to practice, let alone games, like the NHL aren't going to come out tomorrow. Oh, big Bill up there and say, "Nah, fuck it. Don't don't worry, lads. You ain't coming back." It's not going to happen preemptively, is it? They're not going to plan ahead, especially when that planning no. ahead would involve taking games off the slate. They're going to wait to the last minute until they've uh, their hand is forced, and they have to say, "Shit, it just ain't going to work." All right, see you later. So, yeah, even more questions off the back of this. Then talking about trades and stuff like that, it's put the Canucks in a real shitty position. Because they do have pieces that teams would have taken. As we said, North Division is done. So Ottawa, Vancouver, and Calgary are sellers now. I mean, regardless if they want to be or not, they are sellers because their season is done. So you may as well sell some stuff if you can, get some pieces back, and try again. Why nobody's going to trade for any Canucks player? Because A, you're trading for a player who not only now has to... If if you're an American team... Maybe would have to cross well, would have to cross the border and go through that. But now you're getting a player who, in theory, would not have played a competitive game for three and a half weeks a month. And it and the the general consensus it normally takes you kind of at least a week and a half, two weeks to get up to speed with your new team. Because again, it, we've mentioned before, there's so many things that go on outside of the rink. So many NHL fans just see what happens in that sixty minutes. But as we've mentioned, like with other trade deadlines. If you're going from one country to another or to a new area, if you've got family, all these things you have to learn. It's not just turn up and play hockey. What? No one's going to trade for a Vancouver Canuck. No one's going to want any of those players because why would you? Unless it's somebody ridiculous. You know, obviously there's going to be like, well, we'll take Elias Pets off your hands. Yeah, clearly. But a guy who's kind of like a Tanner Pearson or someone like that, who was considered you know a sort of a decent piece that you could pick up for maybe a sort of a, a mid-round pick he's i can't imagine he's going to go anywhere now what 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 are they supposed to do it, for me there there should be a fucking ban on them trading players out you know what i mean like so we we don't know the long-term consequences of of the sort of uh how the how the virus transmits that's what, a great point what if you've got? How can you go from like the worst outbreak that a team has seen this season potentially, and then say right now we're going to move those players, not just around the league like we're going to get you back playing games in this bubble bubble situation where you only meet on the ice where it's impossible for COVID to transmit on the ice when you're up in there face washing people and shit. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to send someone into someone else's bubble. Imagine. Fucking imagine if yeah, you know someone... the Canucks have got, don't you? They've just got a bunch of dirty bombs ready to go off, and yeah, they're just they... going to start. They <laughs> if really you've got do. Gri- if you've got a gripe with the Vancouver Canucks, don't trade with them because they're <laughs> they're just going to send you a nuke basically and Mate, do your jo- seasoning for you. Jordy Ben gets traded to to fucking whoever Carolina to Colorado, <laughs> yeah, and then they go down with the Brazilian variant or any variant like. Imagine, absolutely imagine. So, I, yeah, I, again, I do not know. I do not know. There are so many things that I feel like we can predict the idiocy of the NHL as an organisation and the general general managers as individuals. But this is fucking unprecedented, even compared to last season. Because like we shut down after the trade deadline last year, didn't we? 
Yeah, we did because there was talk of another trade deadline. Or I say talk, like fucking fantasists were talking about another trade deadline. So this this is purely unprecedented. And for the timing of this outbreak is outrageous. I would I would imagine that most GMs would say, nah, there's got... Because there's nobody... It's not like Taylor Hall's on the Canucks. It's not like Matthias Ekholm's a Canuck or anything like that. You know what I mean? There's nobody on there. Some perfectly acceptable trade deadline players, but nobody that you're like, fucking hell. Like, like you said about Petson, like, I fucking need that player. So you'd hope most GMs would steer clear? Or you'd even hope that maybe under the table there'd been a memo going out saying you ain't trading for Vancouver Canucks at the moment because that ain't fucking safe. That's what they should do. <laughs> yeah, so of course it's not going to happen. <laughs> of course it it's is, not going to happen. It is different though because this isn't about what's logical for the game or what's logical for for um, traditional, conventional player safety a la stopping each other, smushing each other's brains. This is this is it's a global pandemic, Dan. I don't know if you've heard about this. It's. I feel like the the. I don't pay attention to it anymore, Will, because I'm immune, <laughs> so I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not. What, what are you talking about? Non, non-existent. Old news. It doesn't exist Old anymore news, in mate. my life. Yeah, what are you talking about? After spring break, he goes. But you know what I mean. I, I'd, I'd like to think that some some level of of common sense will prevail, given the the unprecedented circumstances. I'll be doing a recording next week from South Beach in Miami, just so you're aware. <laughs> just so you're aware. <laughs> Spring bake. Woo! <laughs> um, okay, yeah, two more. Two, I, I had two more things off the back of this. <laughs> if, the going, Canucks, if the Canucks can't finish the season, say they... Let's go extremes. Say they can only get three or four more games in, because it's just... And again, it's just not worth it. What do you do with the rest of the teams in the North Division? Do you just have them all play? Because there's six teams left who could then finish all their games. So you could alter it. That Okay, you were meant to play the Canucks these three games. Now you're not. Now you're going to play Edmonton for three games or you're going to play Montreal or whatever. If the Canucks can only get to, say, 40 games or 42 games, should the rest of the North Division, if they can, finish the full 56? Because what happens with the games that you should have played against the Canucks? Because you can't just award them a free win. Because I, can, well, no, there's no way, I, can't, I cannot imagine for one second there's any way the Canucks are getting to 56 games. I can't imagine it. There's no way. How, they're they're 19 games away. They've got 19 games left, but that's not fucking happening. No. And the season's going to finish uh, May, May 10th, May 11th, yeah, something May, like that. Something like that. The Canucks' last game is May the 8th, for, for what that's worth. Right. And they're not going to be back till at least next weekend which is going to be, what, around the 20th, something like that? Uh, yeah, 17th, 18th. Unless, like, uh, because because then that's also, that's also, like we said before, like the Dallas at the start of the year, it doesn't just knock out, it doesn't just knock out the Canucks because other teams will have been playing the Canucks. So you can't have the Canucks have all their makeup games as well because now the, when you place the Canucks makeup games in the schedule, well, now it looks like Edmonton's playing six days in a row. Because they were meant to have a day off in between three games, but then they've got to play Vancouver to make up those games. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, you just you just don't do it. You just say to the Canucks, right, you're done. Just forget it. Your season's done. And now the six teams that are left, right, we'll just go into a little new, just a little schedule to finish off the season. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The season is done in the North Division. There's nothing's happening. 
Even seeding, you know, fuck seeding, who cares? Toronto's going to win it, Montreal's going to finish fourth, Winnipeg and Edmonton are going to play each other. That's, that's fine, who cares? So, like, like saying, like, what do you do with the schedule? How do you fix this for the North Division? So a slightly interesting wrinkle in this is that they have, in the rest of the Canucks schedule, I'm just trying to see if I can work out what the totals are. There's one team that they haven't got scheduled left to play. They've played all their games against Montreal. Okay, interesting. So what what kind of, I'm not saying I know, I'm not, this isn't a rhetorical question that I've got the fucking answer to. What kind of, if you do end up rescheduling the games between you know, between the rest of the North Division so they all get to 57, 56, what kind of an impact does that then have on Montreal? Because it comes down to that kind of level of fairness. Because say, instead of playing Vancouver, the rest of the teams get an extra game or two games against Ottawa. That's... As bad as the Canucks have been this season, it's significantly different to play the Sickos than it is to play the Canucks. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I, I, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Couldn't tell you. Don't Couldn't know. tell you. Um, but that's that's what I would do. That's what I would do. I would just say to Vancouver, you know what? Forget it. You're done. Because and this will lead on to a point I'll make in a second, which is going to be the last thing I was going to say about this, because this has given us plenty of stuff to talk about, which is good. But I would just, like I said, I would just have the remaining six teams, you just go into a new schedule and just finish your 56 because it's not fair on the... You're talking about fairness. If it's, it's not fair on the rest of the league if every other, divini- if every other division finishes their 56-game slate and the teams in the north only get to, say, 48 because the Canucks couldn't finish their schedule. So now the teams who were meant to play, <clears throat> excuse me, the teams who were meant to play Vancouver will now can't play them. You can't have the North Division playing 48 games and the rest of the league playing 56. Because can you imagine if a player from like a good team, say McKinnon or Marchand or Mark Stone, if they get injured in game 53 or 54, Meanwhile, the North Division's all sat at home because they can't finish their schedule. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. I think. I think the fairness you kind of need to, as as we've been meaning to do with everything this season, you kind of need to disregard fairness between divisions because that's that's going down a rabbit hole that you cannot balance. You know, like the Central have had their issues, the East have had their issues, the West. I think have had the fewest issues of any team potentially, but yeah, I think so. It's uh, of any division, rather, but I think the fairness in in the division itself is more important because by the time the divisions come together to play each other, that's the conference finals. Yes, I I agree. Your issue with oh yeah, if McKinnon gets injured in a game that other players haven't played, like that's that's fucking you're going down such a fucking rabbit hole with that. Like then you then you almost look at like. You can then look at like overtimes and stuff like that, and uh, all, all that nonsense. Like there are so so many variables that go into players getting injured that I don't think it's as cut and dry as saying, "Oh, if he hadn't played that game, he wouldn't have got injured." Like, which yeah is true, but it's not. Doesn't fucking change shit. That's not a direct result of the North Division not playing games. The thing that I 
would be most interested in about fairness, especially when it comes to like playoff qualification and stuff, which is obviously the most important thing that we're bar human lives, the most important sporting thing we're discussing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the splits in the Vancouver schedule remaining? They got four games against Calgary, five against Edmonton. This is not remaining from now, these would be games they have missed and have left on the schedule. Four against Calgary, five against Edmonton, four against Ottawa, four against Toronto, and only two against Winnipeg. Which for... I know know it's relatively shut up as far as the four that are qualifying, but when it comes down to qualification, you know, the seeding, that's still fucking important. And for, say, you know, Winnipeg to be playing fewer than half as many games... Sorry, no. Winnipeg will have played three extra games to Edmonton if you if you just wiped the schedule. So like it's it's a really tricky one. It's really tricky. I I don't have the fucking answer, and I I don't envy Gaz and Bill having to work this out. But I reckon if they do wipe them, if they do shut them down for the rest of the season, they'll just say it's what it is, as they did last year. So it goes. And and almost count their lucky stars that is only one team this has happened to so far. But then that's why I think, luckily, because the North Division only has seven teams, you can then go into a new little six-team mini-league because then everybody can play each other the same amount of times again. Because <sighs> it, it works out. But then, I'm not but saying then, it's right, but I feel you like could do, North, you have to get to 56 games. I just feel like you can't have one... You can't have four teams playing 40-something and the rest of the league grinding through 56. That's assuming that's that the rest of the team are, that 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 assumes that the rest well, yeah, of the league true. are going to make it. You've still got teams that are sitting on the same amount of games as the Canucks now, and just because true, they're not shut true. down doesn't mean that they are they're going to make it to fifty six. Like, yeah, I mean, if the other, if the other divisions get all get fucked over the well, fair enough. Then it's just chaos, and that's fine. But I'm just saying, yeah, if it's if it turns out that that's the case, then that's what I would do. But yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, there's still no guarantee that. Other teams aren't going to get fucked over by COVID, which was. Sorry, go on. I was, I was just going to say, like, I think we're going to be looking at so few games potentially, com- like by comparison. You know, if you're talking like forty-eight, four. Well, what are the numbers would be if if they do the stretch without, uh, without playing those Vancouver games. Every team would be over fifty games played in the North Division. So you're talking like. At most five game difference, Edmonton will be on fifty one if they play out the rest of their string. Which to me uh, yeah, basically right. basically equates right. down to especially at playoff time, you're looking at oh, oh well you swept and we had to play seven, so we've played three extra games in you. It's like oh, fucking alright. Whatever. That's Yeah, you're right. You're right. The reason I believe you have to shut them down is because and, and this led to the bigger question of this was that I think the league thought, well, by the time we get to April or May we'll be fine. We'll start the season, we'll be precautionary, but surely we'll be okay by the time we get to April and May. I can't imagine it's, you know, I can't imagine there'll be any issues then. Of course, there's been the worst issue nearly at the middle of April. If you bring the the Canucks back and for some reason they infect, either you say, Montreal, Edmonton, Winnipeg or Toronto, now you've got a huge problem. Because if they're playing one of those games, say late April or really, really early May, 
well, now you've just fucked over another team completely for the playoffs. Because from from what it sounds like, like we said, from what it sounds like, this isn't just, oh, I feel a bit tired. This is deep, deep sort of, like like we said, dehydration, lethargy, vomiting, the whole nine yards. You can't bring the Canucks back, in my opinion, because you can't risk them inadvertently fucking over another team from the North Division who's in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the the crux of it, isn't it? Because it's it's too late at the moment. I think that's the difference between like the Vancouver one and the Carolina one. Uh, so Carolina one, or was that just a result of other people? Fucking whatever. Vancouver one versus like the Dallas one and the Sabres one and the Devils. Like it's it's too late. It is just too late. We got basically a month left in the season, and they are a large swath of them have been written off. It's not. It's counterproductive. It is absolutely counterproductive. Yeah, you're 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 spot on, especially for such a marquee event. Like the whole point of the season this this year, especially, I feel like we've been hobbling to get to the playoffs. And if you're then going to jeopardize the integrity of the playoffs just so that Vancouver can play some meaningless half-assed games, yeah, it's not. It's not worth the risk to your to the personnel or the product. What do you reckon happens if this occurs in the playoffs? I've got to ask it because like uh, it... we're, we're essentially about a month away and it's still not going anywhere. And Canada, unbel- somehow, Canada had avoided all of these issues. Every time a team went down in America, the Canadian media would say, you know, God, we've, you know we've been quite good so far. Like, luckily so far, touch wood, nothing's happened. Just as we start to get to the finish line for this season, now it's Canada's turn, which now makes me believe once it's there, once it's there, the other teams are going to be affected. I can't imagine for one second that it's just not going to hit every team. I can't because it's hit nearly every team in America. So yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. I what? Yeah, like what do you do if this happens? And I don't know. I'm fucking nuts. <laughs> they they absolutely have to. I think. Um... So I was I was initially going to say it won't be a problem because they're going to bubble again. I 100% believe that they are going to bubble for the playoffs. Absolutely, especially with this Canucks breakout. But the the interesting thing this year compared to last year, we bubbled after a month, six weeks break, where everyone went into lockdown, like the first lockdown, so people were taking it seriously. Fucking super lockdown. You know, everybody, you, know, you can't do shit. This, we're basically going to go straight into the playoffs after jetting around the country dicking about and and again like you know people people have got covid lethargy there's not gonna yeah i i guarantee there has not been the same uh sort of regimented approach to to the lockdowns from from individuals this oh, gotcha. time around compared to last time because that's just what's happening around the world you know normal people yeah. everywhere are thinking fuck this i'm fucking bored of it i'm gonna start doing stuff because because I can, and I've, I've not, I'll, I'll take the risk into my own hands. So, of course, professional athletes are doing the same thing. Yeah, to to go from that straight into a bubble would be interesting. And even if they don't bubble, it would still be interesting. Um, but yeah, what, what do I think they'll do? Fucking like, what no, you do? Fucking no idea. Like, how, what, I, in what that, can in you in do? that scenario? I yeah, in that in that scenario. Sorry, you're out of the playoffs. There's nothing because what yeah there's nothing you can do. What can you do? They have to be finished by a certain date because of the Olympics, and 
you can't make up games in the playoffs. You can't. Well, you can, but you're then playing every yeah. single day. Yeah. <laughs> so after, you can't do after it. a COVID outbreak. Yeah, after a COVID. Yeah, the first day back, right off you go. You know, you've got to finish your best of six against fucking Colorado or whatever because you've managed to squeeze <laughs> one game in before it happened. Co- coach, no. I've just, I've just come off a defib. Now, unlucky mate, you got three and three. See you later. Not defib, but um, <laughs> there's fucking guys. Fucking there's fucking guys with. A ventilator. That's the word I'm looking for. Ventilator. This fucking guys. As soon as the guys finish their shift, they're jumping onto the bench and getting back on the vent. <laughs> oh man, <mate, that's... laughs> oh, it's hell. not funny at all. Um, no, but that's what that is. What will have to happen. That's it. Sorry, you've got a COVID <laughs> outbreak. You're done. You're done. That's it. Game over. Sorry. Thanks for the season. We'll see you next year. Or, or it'll be a and case then, of and then can you imagine either, either, either because... you either you forfeit your games or you call up your AHL team. Yeah. That'd yeah, be, there, there mean, would be to be fair that's what they'd have to do yeah there'd have to be special could... dispensation on on what you can like emergency call ups or something yeah you'd have to but then it's the coaches as well isn't it because if there's an outbreak it's going to affect the coaches as well so now the coaches have to coach from a specially constructed perspex box or something that they'll well, no, that, go if it gets the coaches that's that's a hard thing for the other team who hasn't necessarily had the outbreak the opponent because you're guaranteed nine nil losses for every time no, the head point. coach isn't yeah. there, it's that's fucking. A good point. That's I. I think they are just going to have to like, maybe not play it on the fly, but almost not announce the rules around that until it happens. Because what then happens, the team you're playing against as well is going to get so much hate because now they're going to get ten days off <laughs> to relax, recuperate, come back fresh. Because the team they were playing against has a COVID outbreak. Oh yeah. God. But what happens if what happens if you're three up in a seven game series and then uh, game four <laughs> COVID outbreak? Can you imagine? Right, you're three up. It's game four. You're up four nil in the third period, and all of a sudden there's seventeen positive tests. Game cancelled. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, not to be too much of a buzzkill. But if that was the case, then well, yeah, because. Even if they did call it and say, "Yeah, that's a win for you, congratulations," you can't play the second round, can you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't start the second round. That's got to be a buy for the. That, that'd have to be a buy for the team in the second round, then, surely. Right. Because I don't want anybody to get. I don't want anybody to get hurt. Okay. I don't want anybody to have massive health problems. <laughs> right. But. but that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious if a I'd team is it. just steamrolling somebody. And then they get a COVID outbreak. So the other team get let back in, even though they got absolutely battered. And you know what? Well, that team would end up winning the cup because that's what had happened because it's hockey. <laughs> that team that got knocked out that then came back in because of COVID would end up winning the cup. For some and reason, the, the, that's the, just the, what hockey is. The coach would win the fucking Jack Adams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the entire team wins the Master. And... <laughs> that's why you trade for a Canucks player. You just keep that dirty bomb <laughs> in your back pocket just in case. As soon as you start, as soon as you go down three 0 in a game, oh, he's making his uh, t- a ton of persons making his debut tonight. This should be interesting to see. Just having around going coughing on everybody. <laughs> so, just as a really quick little aside, because we haven't done enough asides today, we've just focused too much on one topic, which is fucking rude. <laughs> there aren't any clear favourites <laughs> for the Masterton this year, are there? <laughs> no, <laughs> no way. Which is which is weird. Like, I, I find that weird. It feels like we normally have have a have a clear favourite. Yeah, you're right. Who's had to, who's had to overcome the most this year? This is it. No, no. Well, every, everyone has. Oh God. Oh God. You know what they're going to do, don't you? 
Are you going to say key workers? Uh, do you know what? No, which would have been fine. But I was actually going to say they're going to give it to the fans. What oh, disgusting. God. Fucking I'll gross. I'll accept it. Fucking Gaz up there with a the trophy. Okay, everybody. Here we go. It's for you. Oh, thanks, Gaz. Or just like throws it into the crowd like a like a bouquet at a wedding. <laughs> Shoots it out of a t-shirt gun. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do with that because yeah, not like I don't know. I don't know whether it's just been swept under the rug more, but it feels like there haven't been any personal tragedies this year. You are right, dude. It's got you fucking called. It. It's going to go to the key work, key workers. You are absolutely right. I do. I that do a feel great like, prediction, but I feel like they'd have done it last year if they were going to do something fucking cheesy like that. Who got it last year? Uh, Bobby Ryan, was it? Was it Bobby Ryan last year? Yeah, I think it was. God, it seems like it was about 18 years ago. Just Google Masterton, Bobby Master, Ryan, Masterton Award Trophy because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was. It was Bobby Ryan. Oh, mate, Bobby and Ryan. The, the Wikipedia has the reasons for winning, which to me is fucking oh, no. gross. That's fucking oh, gross, man. What does it say? Bobby uh, Ryan, what does it say? After <laughs> I'm, I'm, not la- I'm not laughing at a reason, I'm laughing at the fact that there's, there's a fucking Wikipedia page. List of tragedies in the National Hockey League. <laughs> after publicly revealing struggles with alcoholism and post-traumatic stress disorder in an effort to help others with addiction issues. Like what? Well, there we go. That's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he returns to myself. Yeah. Oh, and they specifically okay. say about his hat trick in his first game back. Yeah. You're right. Who? Key Worker's going to win it this year. Oh, yeah, I don't hate that, to be honest. If he gives it to the fans, fuck that. But yeah, Key Worker's, that's fair enough. We, we haven't had a, um, we haven't had a, like, services to hockey Masterton winner since uh, Yarmir Yaga in 2016. That's a good point. That's we've a good we've point. had, like, four tracks. I feel like. Who could be who could be a services to hockey kind of guy? I don't know. Yeah, Man, I can't think their, of a... their tragedy being that they were shit and now they're not as shit. <laughs> How about somebody like Jason Spezza? Because like, you know oh. Or Joe Thornton, if they win the cup. Oh, but yeah, but they, they haven't been what what was the what was the tragedy? Martin Jones? Having escaped <laughs> the clutches of Martin Jones, Joe Thornton was back to his best. Well, yeah, because he's never because Jumbo's never won a cup, has he? So that's the thing that people are like. Oh, it'd be great if you won a cup. He got to win one. That's <laughs> <I feel laughs> like... tragedy. I love on his Wikipedia page. Tragedy overcame Martin Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on? It's got. Oh, maybe maybe it'd be fucking Patrick Marlowe. Maybe like I I don't know though. Oh, because he's gonna break fucking Gordy Howe's record. Maybe. Maybe there's no. I'm looking at these 35 because it's got to be an old guy if you're going to go. Yeah, that's excuse true. me. Services to hockey. Uh, Josh Anderson. Why? Because he didn't score any goals last year. <laughs> oh, fair point. Yeah, right. <laughs> After overcoming, yeah, I don't know. Uh, John Tortorella. <laughs> I, re- I, re- I reckon. I reckon Josh Anderson should be fucking line. <laughs> what's the What's the opposite of a master award? That's what line would get. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, like yeah, like in the office when uh, they're giving out the dundies and there's a bunch of nasty ones. It's like oh, the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the biggest prick in the league is Patrick Lyne, man who had biggest fight and best, but uh, man who had longest fight with head coach Patrick Lyne. <laughs> Congratulations! 
most likely to be benched right. following a four goal game. Congratulations, Patrick. It's <laughs> if they provide him with the trophy, he's not allowed to get off his chair. He has to stay sat down and someone will bring it to him because <laughs> that's all he's done all year. <laughs> Squeezed in between fucking Matt Calver and Jared Bull. <laughs> oh dear. Alright, just start the show. I, I suppose we probably should 45 minutes into yeah. it. Okay, I'm going to leave this bit in. My wife sat in the room, just looked at me and went, you're just starting the show now. <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a gimmick, Sarah. We're not... <laughs> it's a bit, it's a pun. The show's already started. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit. We just do a bit. It's a, it's a yeah, fucking... Right, it's a show. rib. All right, all right, all right. Do we have to? Your first stars of this week are a National Hockey League player called Matthew Barzal. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And Northwell Health South Shore University Hospital RN Kelly McLaughlin. Kelly, in April last year, created an event called the Day of Hope, a hospital-wide initiative intended to boost morale among staff during the height of COVID-19. McLaughlin did so after noticing that her team, who was usually fun and happy, had become very deflated and had broken down following the onset of the pandemic. Mental health is very important, people. Kelly, you are a legend. Absolute legend. Big, big up yourself, Kelly. Yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely echo that. Like, especially, yeah, you know, either people are isolated at home, working from home, or whatever it might be, or laid off, heaven forbid, or they're in in work environments that are more stressful just because of the environment itself, or the the important work you're doing is is uh, you know ten times as. Uh, stressful or high paced or high pressured however you want so yeah to to do something to try and help your colleagues get through that especially in a medical environment as she is in fucking power to you kelly of course we are sponsored by wave intel comparison charts for teams and players gm drafting tables defensive pairings and tons of other stuff that is easy to read and fun to impress your hockey pals or if you're going to get out of a conversation you can use it to be really boring with somebody who doesn't like hockey wave intel online and on twitter being smart so you don't have to. Check out Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter. And we're on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Smart Speakers, anywhere else you can listen. Leave us a nice review. It really helps us a lot. Tell a friend if you like us. And if you don't like us, tell an enemy. Interestingly, I didn't realise that Matt Barzal was from Coquitlam, which is in British Columbia. Now that wouldn't mean anything to you, Will, but it did set my serial killer spidey senses tingling. Nearly fucking good. As, here we go. As... as Probably the most famous Canadian serial killer in history is from Coquitlam, uh, who's Robert Picton, who I didn't, I had no idea Matt Bazaar was from there, but it was very interesting to, to see that. I wonder if his family knows them. They must do. Everyone, well, everybody knew the Pictons. Are you now, are you now checking Robert Picton? Could you, could you hear my, my little tap in? <laughs> Dude, no, I can I, tell you all about Robert Picton. He I was kind a, of, a pig I, farmer. Okay, yeah, yeah. 49 murders fucking hell that's a few isn't it his family his family owned a massive pig farm and they were trash people but they were rich because they had all this land and basically what Picton did was he would pick up prostitutes take them back to his place kill them and then use the pig use the instruments at the pig farm to dispose of the bodies and get this Will they found out a few years later that when they were giving out sausages and things like that from the pig farm they had human flesh in them (sighs) Isn't that God. delicious? That is fucking hell. Oh, 
that's grim. Fucking, that is fucking grisly. Right. Yeah, proper, proper grisly. That's what yeah, I get for, from there. That's what I get for asking, isn't it? He's, he's from. He's there from you that. Go, you see? He's from that pig farm. Matt, yeah, Bar- Matt Barzell's family farm. bought the pig farm after Peter <laughs> went to jail <laughs> and carried on oh, selling human flesh sausages. If you ever listen, shout out to the. Genuinely, the reason I started a podcast is because of the last podcast on the left, which which is a podcast where they talk about serial killers and the occult and like dragons and monsters and just weird shit like that. Like seriously, they just cover everything. They'll talk about fairies or leprechauns, and then they'll go into like a serial killer next week. And anyway, it's fan- it's absolutely fantastic. After listening to their series on Robert Picton, I properly needed a shower. It was absolutely just <laughs> I just felt greasy afterwards and dirty. Not good. Not good. Let's move on to some more pieces of meat. The trade board will is quite ooh, interesting. Oh, lovely! That's that's a list. That is a list that there I go. there you go. I don't like. There's one piece on there that isn't meat, though. Unfortunately, here's here's what I want to say quickly about the trade board. Is as we're approaching trade deadline day, which will be done before we uh, before we record again. Oh, just just to pause you, which trade board are we talking about? Are we talking TSN or the Athletic? Any of them. Any any old trade board doesn't matter. Any old trade board. Pick Robert Picton's trade board. How about that? <laughs> Gee, I thought, I thought we did like we just kid. Sorry, in an it's in an effort to get away from. I feel like that was going to happen no matter what we moved on to, though. So, so, uh, <laughs> so hey, I could be talking about kittens or something. Anyway, Cole Caulfield so. has signed his uh, entry level uh, contract. Oh, you know who didn't sign an entry level contract? It was Robert Picton because <laughs> he was a murderer. Because he was a piece of shit murderer. Anyway, what I found <laughs> interesting was was that when they when TSM released their I'll go off TSM's for now. When TSM released their trade bait board a few weeks ago, two of the three players at the top of that list were Ekholm and Savard. I went I went and looked at the standings today. If you're one of those teams now, either a you're not trading that player because all of a sudden you're in, or b the price has just gone up tenfold because now you can say to other teams, well, hang on a minute. You know, we're only, we're only three points out of a playoff place here or we're only four points out of a playoff place here. So that's going to cost you way more, which is why I don't think there's going to be hardly any trades because I just think teams who are kind of on the bubble-ish are not going to want to throw away their pieces. So I was looking at the <clears throat> second point of this, excuse me. I was looking at the standings. As far as I can see... There was only eight teams who you could say 100% for sure they are not getting in. There's no way, not know how. And of those eight teams, the only player on those eight teams who is kind of garnering any buzz for me is Taylor Hall for Buffalo. So I would say you got Buffalo, New Jersey, Ottawa, Calgary, Vancouver. Actually, probably seven teams because Vancouver we just talked about. Detroit. Anaheim and the Kings. Everyone else is not really that out with it. And I, I get what you're going to say. Okay, there are teams who should be selling. Yes, San Jose should be selling. St. Louis probably should be. Nashville, Chicago, Columbus. Bruins, da- Dallas. Well, yeah, but you've still got like four games in hand. Yeah, but if they keep fucking losing them, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But it's not. It's not cut and dry. It's not 100% cut and dry. Maybe the Rangers, yeah. maybe Philly. Like, there's not... As we talked about the separation last week in these divisions, 
And I think maybe I think maybe Nashville and San Jose probably listened to this show and are now trying to prove us wrong because we declared them both dead in the water about two weeks ago and are now looking much better. If you're Nashville right now, why are you trading Matthias Ekholm? You, you're not gonna. No, nah, definitely not. He's not going anywhere. Because uh, we've said this a million times. Just all you got to do is get in. Just get into the playoffs because you never know. I understand. Usually, it's two of the best teams that will make it, and the, probably two of the best teams that will get there and probably win. One of them will probably win, but you fucking never know. And especially in a season like this, because if you can make the playoffs this year, and as it turns out, maybe in a few weeks you can start to get fat, more, even more fans in. Because now twenty what, 25 of the teams in America or 24 of the teams or something, or whatever number it is, now have fans or at least plans to have fans in the stands. If you suddenly get a playoff run and for the last three or four, maybe even the last three or four games of a conference final, if you can get fans there and start to make that playoff money, you have to do it for your own financial gains. So all that, of a sudden, the, it's, the, it's the not options a... to trade for players are really small. Yeah, oh, definitely. And and why would we think that the trade deadline is going to be a busy time of year when we've seen approximately one and a half trades all season? Yeah. It's not... And, and you're right, especially when you've got so few teams that are out of it, out of it, plus the salary cap implications of, of COVID and the, you know, the flat cap and this, that and the other. All the, te- ever, all the word is all teams want money in and money out. You know, money going out if they're bringing money in. I think I think very very fucking little is going to happen at all. I think um, I think you're right. I don't think Nashville will sell. Definitely not at home because they're sitting in a fucking playoff spot at the moment. Even even by and, points percentage. And the thing for Nashville is they're on a heater as well. They're not yeah. now like people. What they always say: get hot at the right time, start to play well at the right time, and they are. Regardless and, of what you think about their team, they're currently playing really well. This is it, and if I'm if I'm David Poyle, I've I've got fucking nothing to prove. I've got, I've, and, and more importantly, I've got nothing to build for in the future. You know what I mean? Like the clock is ticking on David Poyle's time in Nashville, not because of he's on the hot seat necessarily. You know, he probably should be. It's uh it's uh the 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 tick of old father time there, Danny boy. Yeah. Can't do it forever. Yeah, you can't fucking do it forever. So what's he, what what incentive does he have to start to tear it all down and start a rebuild? The the sort of um the in, the looming influence on this trade deadline, which has not got anywhere near enough coverage, in my opinion. You know, part, for for obvious reasons, it's global pandemic. Don't have anyone's heard. We've got a new uh, me. A, th- a thirty second. <laughs> never never happened. We've got a 30-second team joining this league as of fucking yeah. whenever. And there's a fucking expansion draft in like two months. And yet there has been no activity or no, not even any talk of really, any serious talk of our X, Y, and Z team need to do this because of the expansion draft. Partly because of quarantines, partly because of uh, trading restrictions due to the cap, this, that, and the other. It's it's bizarre to me. It's so bizarre, and I think if the the limited movement we've seen already this season, in spite of the the perfectly legitimate reasons to make more trades, I just, I just think yeah, you're spot on. I reckon because even even players on teams that definitely should move, the word from like the the those in the know, like your Freemans, your Johnsons, your Cerevelis, and that it's. 
take Carl Palmieri. Carl Palmieri won't want to move because he's happy in Jersey or whatever. Taylor Hall, oh, it'd be hard to move Taylor Hall because he's got an $8 million cap here. Fucking, and, and, and a, as ever, a bunch of the other players that are UFA or close to it aren't all that fucking good. Yeah, I reckon I reckon you'll see the Red Wings players move. A couple more Sabres, possibly. That's it. Ryan Murray. It's on. It's on the the. Yeah, maybe it's on the for the um for the selling teams as well. What are you actually going to get this year? What the fuck is a first round pick worth this year? Like knows? Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon or Austin Matthews are not waiting for you in this draft. Obviously, there's always good players that come out of the draft, but that guy isn't there. So, okay, you clam- you're going to try and price yourself out to get that first round pick when teams like kind of are kind of hesitant to hand it over. But why are you so desperate to get that? You know, the the selling team should be aware this year that, and it's dog shit for them because it's such a bad year. But they're probably not going to get what they think they should get. I mean, I know, I know, we keep talking about Taylor Hall and that. God, I mean, we've both said this. He's a good player. But at some point, when's he going to be a good player? I understand he's been on dog shit teams and he had one good season. And that was, what, four years ago, three years ago? Are we still hanging our hats on that? Are Buffalo really hanging their hats and saying, well, hang on a minute. If you want Taylor Hall off us, that's at least a first on a prospect. Well, the teams are going to go, the fuck, what the fuck are you talking about? He hasn't been exactly setting the world on fire for the past three years, has he? Hasn't he only I think got selling teams are gonna to have to lower their expectations as well. Oh, without a doubt. And and, and just back onto the draft uh, point, you know, about what's the value of a of a first round pick in, in this draft. Not only are you traditionally not expecting, you know, yeah, like a like a Matthews or a McDavid or whatever, the players that you would be getting, even if it's like a Ryan Nugent Hopkins kind of year, in the judging off the the elite prospects, top thirty two. In the, on their um on their draft board for for this year, from January, uh current current uh stats, not a single player has played more than forty games this season. So you're probably limited on yours, and and even then, that's a fucking outlier. Like there there are maybe three players who have played more than thirty five games. No, two, uh, and the rest of you're more you're more close to looking at players that have played tw- an average of twenty games this season. Not only are you probably not getting your scouts out to see these people in person, so it's a different situation from the scouts to actually see these players and evaluate them, they ain't fucking played. So you, yeah, you, you might get a first round pick, but you ain't got a guaranteed star, and fuck knows what you've got in the rest of them. So it's. Yeah. Every, yeah. Every, every draft, we always. Well, when there's a good prospect coming in the draft, we always talk about, well, forget this draft. I've heard that the next draft is the guy. <laughs> when it when it was McDavid's turn, it was okay. Yeah, I mean this draft's fine, but wait for the McDavid draft. It was same with Lafreniere. Okay, this draft's going to be good, but Lafreniere is the guy that everyone's going to want. Like the next draft is the draft. I've not heard a single player mentioned in this draft because, like you say, how can you judge any of these players? They've hardly played any games, and they've hardly played any games this year. And the games they would have played, who the fuck has been to see them in person? Hardly anybody, if if anybody. It's especially when I I would absolutely be targeting the twenty twenty two draft for for picks. Yeah, because because it one hundred percent is you got you got Brad Lambert, you got Shane Wright, you got Matthew Savoir coming through. Um, yeah, there's another Jack Hughes coming from the USNDTP, uh, NT D 
NTDP. Uh, yeah, and these are meant to be shit hot players. But equally, teams ain't going to give up a 2022 draft pick because they're going to be looking at the 2021 draft, I would wager, as a bit of a write-off and say, look, we'll get all we can from this, but this is almost like <laughs> you're almost like like treating it as you haven't got a first-round pick. Everything is a fucking blind scratch card for this year, within reason. So, I, yeah, I'd, the, val- the value is going to be all over the board for what what teams are looking for and what teams are willing to give up. It's going to be it's going to be fucking madness. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If I'm a buying team, I'm doing my best to throw away this year's pick, this re- this year's first rounder, especially if I can. And again, you never know. I know some players are going to come out of this that are going to be awesome, but I'm doing my best to hold on to next year's. But if I'm the selling team, I'll be saying, I mean, yeah, we could have that 2021 first, but I'd rather take the 2022 if that's okay. And that's what they should be doing. I'd, I'd, and I'd like you said, no, there's just it's the, there's so many things involved. There's all the money involved, the Seattle protection of players, all that kind of stuff. Are you going to re-sign a guy? Can you afford to re-sign anybody? How many, as we talked about right at the start of the year, how many GMs have been told, right, this is the cap. You you can't go above this. We can't afford to go above this. We're working internally here. Forget the 81 and a half. We're working on something else. And like you said, you, you know, it's it's got to be money in, money out for damn near every team. Do you, do you want to know what I'd be trying, looking to do at this trade deadline if I was a seller? Go on. Or, or anyone, to be honest. I'd be looking for 2023 draft picks. First round draft picks. <laughs> I love it. Go on, why? Put a proper, proper Sam Pollock this with the, was it the Golden Seals or the North Stars that he did to to get from Yeah, him? I think so. Is it uh, Guy Lafleur, I think? It's a, a little man by the name of Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard, how do you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. He's been popping kids, up all over my timeline kid, this week. Kid's, kid's 15 years old, first exceptional <laughs> player in WHL history, and he's 26 points in 14 games as a, as a little fucking boy. A teeny <laughs> tiny little boy pulling up in his Fisher Price My Tykes little red and yellow car. <laughs> And just fucking murking teams in the WHL. I'm fucking going all in on that. I'm going to try and get it. 32 I... picks in the first round of the uh, 2023 <laughs> draft. You know what it is? You're just going full NHL 21. Right. Give us a 2023 first. That'll Def- do, mate. Definitely. definitely. And, can, and chuck in a seventh as well. <laughs> and, and you're getting it from teams like the Bruins and the fucking like, Lightning and stuff like Ah, Who fucking knows what's yeah. going to happen? Like, <laughs> get it dirt cheap. Like, yeah, fucking... Um, Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you, 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 uh, oh, God, I'm fucking done. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know really. Luke Lendenning for uh, for Boston's first round pick in 2023. Bosh, Connor Bedard is a Detroit Red Wing. There's absolutely a GM out there who has no idea about Connor Bedard. <laughs> it's got to be no fucking clue. And, and, and he's and, like, 2023? Yeah, you can fucking have that. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yes. I, I would understand like the day-to-day ignorance of that. I'd be like, look, I appreciate Scout Scout A trying to tell me about this kid that's three years away from even being drafted. Two years away, sorry. But I cannot fucking... I, I have enough information to retain that I don't need to know about Connor fucking Bedard. <laughs> oh, my God. You can absolutely rinse a GM out there. Absolutely rinse a GM out there. Da- David Poyle, mate. you, Benning. <laughs> <laughs> you said Poyle, I said Jim Benning. I'll be dead by then. What do I give a fuck? 
as soon as Rutherford gets a job. <laughs> hey, Jim, I've been thinking. Uh, yeah, sure, 2023. He's just going to listen down the phone in it with his trumpet. 2023, did you say? Yeah, that's right, Jim. Okay, then. Yes, get in. That's him. We are flying cars by then. And my own <laughs> robot butler. I still remember the birth of the talkies. Oh, yes. <laughs> he he, rem- he remembers the birth of Torquay. That's how old he is. <laughs> I was going to say, he remembers the birth of the silent movie. Just movies in general. I went to that first movie where a train was coming towards the screen. Everyone ran out of the cinema screaming because they thought it was going to crash into them. That young whippersnapper Buster Keaton. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't remember, I can't believe you mentioned Luke Glenn Denning. I, 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 genuinely, I genuinely wrote... Aside from the obvious one, you know, where I said about, oh, there's any certain players you can take, I did literally write down here, how is Luke Glendening still not being taken? Dude, he's near at 70% face-off wins this year. 70! It's yeah. fucking nuts. It is, it is mental. It is mental. And, and that's a, he's he's a perfect example of, like, trade deadline acquisition. Like, he's like Antoine Vermette. Always used to be a fucking... A big, a big draw at trade deadlines. Like, oh well, he can, he can win a draw, and you know what's really important? A face-off. That's a, that's a fucking tangible skill. Like the face-offs don't change. Um, yeah, I, I find it a bit weird. He's getting a lot, of, a lot of flack for the best player in the NHL from a lot of uh, other analysts, which is a shame to see. But what can you do? What can you do? We've been back. We've been pumping Luke Lennon's tires for about three and a half years. Ever since Micah, shout out Micah produced the at ineffective math produced some graphs that just showed how fucking underrated and valuable to a team Luke Glendening is he's amazing it's a, it's a real damn shame to see that nobody is heeding our advice when it comes to to young Glendening think about this right you could get Luke Glendening what's he make 1.8 or something like that 1.8 and if you got fucking Detroit to retain that's 900 grand he's going to cost you that's it for a guaranteed, like, damn near 70% face-off winning percentage. I get it. He's not going to set the world on fire. But you know what he's going to give you? He's going to give you that face-off win when you need it the most. That you can clear the zone or even create a scoring opportunity. Just have to play fucking 20 minutes a night. Nope. Get him on there for some face-offs. Eight minutes. Dump it in. Change. Right. You've done your job. That's all you need for 900 grand. And even as a guy to be like, a guy you can bring up from the taxi squad. Just you know, I've been bumping up and down a little bit. Come and do some few, do a few minutes, dude. I think it'd be crazy. Yeah, if, if if you need a bit bit of depth, it's it's worth getting him. I think. Sure. The the genuine argument is that he doesn't really do a whole lot of anything apart from win faceoffs, which is which is fair to say. But that's all you need, though. Like I said, that's all you need. Like Tampa last year, okay? Was it Luke? Like something like Luke Shen? Just come in when we need you. Do a couple of jobs. Just gives a couple of players a bit of a rest. Take a few minutes off him. Win a few face-offs, keep the pressure on the other team. What more do you need? Especially what? for like a, like a third or something like that. I mean, fucking hell, it's cheap as chips. That is dirt cheap. I'll give you that. Dirt cheap. I've got to ask you about uh, Sidney Crosby getting shot in the head. What were your, uh... excuse, excuse me? <laughs> I sent you... Did you not see that clip? I, I sent you a clip on a, a did WhatsApp. You? Oh, of, shit. Um, I, I did not see it at did all. Did you not see it? That's fair enough, family man and all that. Just quickly check the uh, check the. It was only about two days ago, but he, he was on a, a face-off with Bergeron. I've got it here. And oh, he, uh, picture in picture. I'd fucking love to see it. He just he just gets caught. I'm going to get you a live reaction here. I don't want to. I actually don't want to uh, 
influence you in any way. Oh, he took like a butt end, didn't he? Well, Bergeron got a double minor for that. Was that because it was blood, though? I think so. Is there blood? I can't I can't see my pause button won't go away. Lovely jersey. Yeah, I think there was game. a little bit. Fucking so oh, yeah, yeah. Then then it's like an auto double minor, but I want to see the replay. Fucking six five at the time as well. That's funny, that isn't it? It was a bonkers game. Bonkers game. Considering all the recent um, queries we've had about uh, refereeing, I know. Yeah, yeah. That is funny <laughs> timing. I cannot get rid of this pause button right in the middle of the screen. So I'm missing all like, the yeah, final details. Just... No, you don't need the finer details. It's just the initial, like, as soon as the butt end hits him, oh, what are your thoughts after that? Yeah, looking, right. looking at that I'll replay, posit, I'd, I'd, I'll, posit, I'll posit this to you. Bergeron's penalty is fair enough. Crosby should get two minutes for embellishment. <laughs> for embellishment? Oh, mate. You just get hit with the butt end of the stick, to be fair. It's it's a hard Dude, one for me. Look, I mean, like... come on. He, okay, I'm not saying he doesn't get him. Clearly, clearly he hits him with the butt end of a stick. I understand that. But he didn't fucking Radko Gudis him, Game of Thrones style. He he kind of just caught him. And then Crosby goes down like fucking Ronaldo at the World Cup or something, or Neymar. I was like, dude, what are you doing? He, sh- he should be allowed. I don't blame him. His team was down 6-5. I don't blame him for doing it. I would have done it. But people were... <laughs> I got into a debate. I got to a debate in the YouTube comment section. Fucking believe it or not. <laughs> can I talk about and somebody said, somebody said, somebody said, if I surprised you with a handkerchief, and wafted it in your face, your head would whip back. I was just like, all right, I'm out. I can't take this. Can't be doing with this conversation anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not engaging with that comment because we'll, we'll be here for another 40 fucking minutes. Yeah, all right, he, yeah. Go, he goes down He goes down heavy. I, I will give you that. I will give you that. Yeah, I mean, it's a high stick at the end, it's high stick at the end of the day. Right. It is. I'm not saying Bergeron shouldn't have got penalised. He should have done. I'm not, I have no issue with Bergeron's penalty. No issue at all. Crosby should have got two minutes. For fucking, he Crosby jumped up and then flung his hand backwards. He didn't just go down; he literally jumped up in the air and flung himself backwards. It's ridiculous. <laughs> as as is his right, as is his right, as is right. I suppose, yeah. You know, but Christ, oh, that was fucking terrible. Oh, that was terrible. And uh, very quickly, as a, as we round out the show after only having two topics, but somehow filling it out fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you see that Tom Wilson is involved in a partnership with a restaurant that produces now Tom Wilson burgers? Oh my god, no no I did not. <laughs> the the best place for the, people if you've not seen this, the best place to go for this is of course Twitter because the Twitter comments were absolutely fantastic. Uh, along the lines of the things like I guess the cow gets put to sleep by being blindsided. Hey. Uh, t- Tom Wilson developing a range of blended meat for his own pleasure. Apparently, he also makes burgers. Uh, so su- so surprised a person who spends their time trying to destroy another living creature now makes burgers. All along those lines. Yeah, you get it. But fucking Tom Wilson burgers. I couldn't think of anything for any player nowadays who's relevant because they're all so fucking dull that would have been a decent kind of comparable. I could not think of something for fucking koozie and drugs. I couldn't, like, in my head, I could not think. I was like, there's got to be something. But I couldn't think of anything for koozie. But anyway, yeah, fucking Tom Wilson burgers. It's I don't know. A, it sounds like a fucking minging burger as well for me. Yeah, that's the thing. It sounds fucking gross. A cremini mushroom spread and truffle cheese. Like, right. No, no need for It's that. like, uh, you know, in Parks and Rec where fucking... Um, 
Ron makes burgers. And who's oh, who's the guy who Rob Lowe plays? Uh, oh, Chris. Uh, yeah, Chris. Is it Chris? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris, and then Ron just goes, it's bread and it's meat. And everyone goes, yeah, this is the best one. <laughs> <laughs> it's bread, it's meat. Put something on it if you want or don't. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You can't, you can't fuck with it. You can't mess with it. No, absolutely. How have we done an hour and fifty minutes on that? Fucking Jesus. nice. Because <laughs> we did fifty minutes on the on the various ways uh the fucking uh twenty eight days later like Canucks could uh, <laughs> could destroy the rest of the rest of the National Hockey League. Which is fair enough. There are many, many implications that has. <laughs> fucking twenty eight days later. <laughs> <laughs> oh god because that's There's when they're going to go hockey game someone's going to go visit one of the Canucks players and just knock on the door and the wife's going to answer the door and say you can't come in he's infected what with rage <laughs> love you <it. laughs> in the background is my banger like that <laughs> you go to uh, you go to Ro- is it Roger's place Roger's arena yeah Roger's arena I think where it says uh, oh, oh fuck I'm going to I'm going to botch the quote was it um no, no entry zombies here or whatever. It's in The Walking Dead. Fuck, what's it say? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do not, yeah. Isn't like do not open zombies inside or something like that. <laughs> don't, don't zombies inside open, open inside. Yeah. Fucking twenty eight days later. That was funny. What a film that is, by the way. Shout out. Oh, Fucking legendary. All right, there we go. Thank you, everybody. Well, any last words? No, stay safe out there, people. Get your vaccines if you can. Good luck to those who can't. Um, fucking. Peace and love, Whatever. peace and love. Ponder, if you can, if anyone's listening, fucking get out on Twitter. Give us your master to nominations. Because I'm outside of fucking, yeah, Joe Fortner. <laughs> I, don't know who, I don't know who the fuck it's going to be. We had nobody, did we? Well, I still, yeah, I'm just jo- as a... Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson in there, because he was injured. Jo- yeah, of course. Definitely. And he was injured, and now he's not. That's what's worthy of a master and trophy nomination this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Congratulate. I mean, which, you know, like, in, in some ways I prefer that to, like, you know, weighing up whether, you know, someone in your family having a serious illness or you having some sort of addiction issues, like, comparing those is is more disturbing to me than saying, oh, you were injured all last year and he came back and played well this year. That's that's a nice aspect of it, I think. I think that's a nice way to have a trophy to commemorate someone who overcomes hardship because it is a hardship to go in an entire season basically with without playing because of injury but yeah yeah, you're all right we have we have discussed before the master and trophy comes down to people looking at power rankings of disasters and saying who did have the worst time in their life last year and that person wins it it's always it is a bit kind of you're ranking somebody's misery and how they've come back from it but yeah you are right and i just want to quickly say little psa if you've not had your vaccination, uh, please don't come towards me now because I'm now in the upper 5% of the world. So if you could leave me alone for a bit and I can join my elite status, that'd be great. Thank you very much. What if someone uh, is unvaccinated <laughs> but will be bringing you your champagne and caviar, sir? No, I don't want it. I want unfettered <laughs> caviar and champagne, William. Jesus Christ. I'm not an animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not You're not a pleb now. You're, you're fucking one of the global elite. Yeah, you'll, you'll see me at the next Bilderberg meeting. I'll be there with fucking Hillary with the. Uh, I'll be at the next GM meeting with the go ahead mask on, all that kind of thing. Can't wait. Eyes, <laughs> eyes wide shut. That's me now, mate. <laughs> you're, you're fucking Moloch, Moloch worship at Bohemian Grove. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Anyway, I've got to go. I'm getting a phone call from Harry and Meghan. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Peace. 